Welcome to the most energetic, positive, happy, and healthy podcast in the world. Living the dream. Dream stands for diet, rest, exercise, attitude, and meaning. I'm your host, certified health coach, motivational speaker, sober since July of 2016, American Ninja Warrior competitor, two-time world record holder, and ultra-marathoner, Matt Scaletti. Here we go! Welcome back to the Living the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaletti, and I have an amazing entrepreneur and business coach coming from just a few miles away in Nigeria, more than a few miles. This is awesome. My first guest from that area of the world, which excites me in a big way. Steve Harris helps entrepreneurs become more profitable and make their competition irrelevant. I love that. So they can become the first and preferred choices of paying customers. Steve has hundreds of thousands, not exaggerating, hundreds of thousands of followers across social media and has many powerful messages to help others level up their lives and businesses. He is also a no-nonsense kind of coach, which I love as well. And let's welcome Steve to the show. Steve, what's up? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me, man. Totally stoked to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, you're very welcome and I'm stoked to have you. So, Let's get right into it. He is coming from Nigeria. We're going to get into the cultural differences between Nigeria and the United States in a second. But how about giving us a little bit of your background and how you grew up and have you always been into this business world or did this come about later in life? Right. Uh, Great question, man. And once again, thanks for having me. Um, Well, to be honest, no. I, well, to be honest, yes and perhaps no. So um, my earliest memories of personal development was stumbling on the books of John Maxwell and the Tony Robbins. And at the time I got, got connected to them, that was a very harsh place in my life. You know, I was in uh, college and I was having a heck of a lot of pro- tra- trouble and problems and I got kicked out of school. You know what I mean? So I got kicked out of school and I was in a really, really dark, depressed and suicidal place. And I was reading this content that just showed me that motivation, so to speak, saved my life. You know, um, a lot of people perhaps give motivational speakers or, or coaches a bad rap and just think it's just a lot of fluff, but they don't recognize how hard it is to inspire people to, to level up using your words. Um, motivation saved my life. I could have been depressed. I would have been suicidal because I was going down this deep, uh, dark spiral. Um, and in, 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 in connecting with this content, I started receiving hope. And somewhere inside my heart, I was like, you know, if motivation made me feel this way and saved me, what if I could save other people with what saved me? You know what I mean? And that began my journey. Um, so I dropped out of school twice. I'm a two-time college dropout, which is a big, big deal over, over here in these parts because going to school is where our parents drum to our minds. You got to you know, go to school, be a lawyer, a lawyer, doctor, or whatever. Um, go get a degree. So, you know, dropping out of school once is bad. Twice you are in a class all by yourself, my friend. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so that, 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 that didn't go well. But, um, but I recognized that education is way beyond the four walls of a university. Um, self-education is so critical and important. And 
like I always say, Matt, it's not what you don't have that limits you. It's what you have, but you don't know how to use. And that's been a, a bit of my journey, man. Oh, that was such a good line right there. I'm going to have to clip that one out. That's a good one. So reading and surrounding yourself with better people helped you get out of this depression. I didn't know it, it got that bad. Was there, was there a moment, can you remember when you were like, that's it, I can't live like this anymore, it's time for me to change, or was it just slowly over time? Well, I mean, I mean it, was, it was a wake-up call. I got a wake-up call and from my sister, because um, I'm the first, first child of my parents, and the one, so to speak, you know how in high school you say this is most likely to succeed, that, I was that guy, right? And dropping out of school, I went all the way to the back of the line. You know what I mean? Because um, in these parts in Africa, um, perhaps, perhaps even around the world, maybe this is a universal thing, um, but success is, you know, the kid who has the most money, so to speak, is, is the kid, is that, is, that's a superstar. You know what I mean? So I'm the first and I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I didn't have any money. Um, I, I went to the back of the line and my younger sister, um, um, she became first and she was doing really, really well. And I remember one day she invited me over to her apartment to visit, you know, um, you know, she, she moved out of my parents' house, got her own apartment. I was still living with my folks, you know, just trying to see how I could make ends meet. And I was doing all sorts of things. I will be honest to say legitimately, and I dare say illegitimately to succeed because I just needed to figure out how on earth I was going to get, get, you know, get my life in order. And my little sister invited me over to her apartment and she, she, she got in her car, you know, she got her apartment. She was, she was the epitome man, of doing very well. And in the middle of our, our, our conversation, because she, she was giving me a, an allowance at this time because I wasn't doing anything. So she would give me some money just to tie me over every month. Um, I always like to joke that I, I became my sister's first CSR project. You know what I mean? Because she was always just giving me handouts and stuff. And the wake up call came where I was in her, her apartment and we were watching TV and she was cooking. And in the middle of the conversation, she just says to me, like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? Be a man. Right. And you know what I mean? And, and where, where I'm from, it, it's, you know, it's, it's Africa. So when you, when you tell a man, be a man, you're alluding that, you know, forgive me, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the cojones for you. You know what I mean? He doesn't have the stones for it. Right. And that was such a huge wake up call. And when she said that to me, I was so offended. I was so insulted. And I do remember saying to her, I will show you, right. I'm going to prove to you that, I've got it covered because throughout that, before that time, I was just throwing a pity party that no one was attending. I was stewing in my own juice. I felt bad. I felt like I'd been victimized. All those things were true, right? But I realized that, you know what? I need a compelling reason to get this out of the way. And at the time, my compelling reason was I'm just going to show it, shove it to everyone and put it in their faces that I am not what my alma mater, what my university, what my college said that I was, but I was going to prove that I was someone even though I didn't know what that someone was or who that someone was, I set up on a discovery to find that person. And, you know, that, that led me here. Oh, that's such a good story. What a great story with your sister, too. It's like, well, I mean, maybe that's how you become more no-nonsense because no-nonsense yeah. worked with you, it seems like. Yeah, it was, it was tough love, but it's love. You know what I mean? A, a lot of people, perhaps... And perhaps that's what makes me a little bit different. A lot of people want to be coddled. A lot of people want to be hugged, hugged their way to success. 
But, you know, like Gary Vee says, we don't, we don't get trophies for, you know, participation. You either win or you lose. You know what I mean? So for me, um, it, it, I, I, I operate with a lot of tough love, but there is no doubt about it in my mind that it's 100% love. I think that's great that you say that. And I, I can feel it even before we started recording. And now, I mean, you're just this genuine guy that wants good for others. And you just want to give it to them straight, which I love that. Uh, I yeah. think that's really cool. So you, you mentioned, and we've talked a little bit about your past. I think one of the coolest things is your past not equaling your future. And clearly yours has not. I mean, you, you mentioned college dropout twice, but now you had this compelling future. You use the motivation of what your sister said. What drives you now that you clearly are a successful business coach, speaker, et cetera? What's the driver that keeps you wanting to level up, as we said? Um, Matt, to be honest, I don't ever want to live in regret. You know what I mean? I don't ever want to live in coulda, shoulda, woulda, but didn't because he was scared. Um, I, failure has brought me this far. You know what I mean? I have become successful because I failed so successfully. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's quite ironic, but, you know, my claim to success, I remember when I came out in Nigeria um, and my motivational speaking uh, career, so to speak, uh, took off. I didn't have the stories of success that most people had. You know, a lot of other people had talked about their successes and their claims to fame, and I, I didn't have none of that. So all I could talk about was my failure. And I started saying to people, listen, I dropped out of school. I'm not, I mean, I could go to an event and maybe there are like four speakers lined up and everyone has an amazing, compelling, successful, inspirational story. And I was like, I can't compete with that. So I would go to those conferences and say, well, listen, guys, these guys are amazing. They've done amazing things. But let me tell you where I'm coming from. I'm not as successful as they are. But let me tell you about my story of failure. And I, I started noticing that my story resonated with them so much because a lot of, so to speak, motivational speakers or experts were always talking about their story of success, but no one was talking about their story of struggle. You know, and I, I lived in a, in a nation where a lot of people were struggling. The average um, Nigerian that lives on less than a dollar a day. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. The, the average Nigerian lives on less than a dollar a day. So as unfathomable, unfathomable as that is, that is the reality. So when a lot of people are talking about driving in their Range Rovers or their BMWs, a lot of people can't connect with that because they're like, listen, I barely can feed myself. And so I, I became, so to speak, a picture of hope where they could say, this guy didn't just drop out of school once. Heck, he did it twice. You know what I mean? Once is bad, twice is, twice is bad. And then he's up on the stage. He's absolutely real. He's flesh and blood. And if it worked, for him hey then perhaps there's hope for me uh so for me really what what um drives me let, let me put it this way um i'm like the this may not be the very best example but i'm like the beggar who found a loaf of bread and or who some i'm like the beggar who someone gave a loaf of bread and then i found the bakery and now i'm telling other people Come find bread. Listen, I'm going to hook you up. I found the bakery. You all can have bread too. That's my story, man. Oh, that's such a good story. And I, that is a great example. I totally understand what you mean. And I, I love that you own your story. And I, I had to write that down. I'm going to put this in the show notes. Failure brought me this far. I think that's so cool that yeah. you just own those failures. Because if you didn't fail, you probably would not be successful. 
And that's so, that's just such a great takeaway. So Steve, you have this, to me anyways, you have this confidence about yourself that I think is awesome. And my question is, I'm sure that confidence has changed over time, especially as you've mentioned, dropping out of college twice. Can you, or let me ask this, have you built this confidence in yourself or do you think confidence is something people are just born with and they naturally have? Well, I mean, I think it goes both ways. Uh, but for me, to be honest, I wasn't born with it. You know what I mean? I've always been the introspective, introverted one. I, I prefer to listen than speak. Um, I always tell people that, listen, talk, you, people pay me to speak, but, you know, listening is on the house. You know what I mean? So I'd rather just listen. Um, but but I, I think eventually what happened with me is um, I believe we all have the ability to reinvent ourselves. I believe we all have the ability to create um, the consciousness or the avatar of who we'd like to be. You know what I mean? So um, I decided that I was going to create the Steve Harris who was bullish, who was tough, who would do it afraid. And, and, and Matt, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I, I perhaps am one of the scariest cats you might ever meet, but you will never know. No, you know what I mean? you'll never know because I'm just going to go and try because like I said, I don't ever want to live in regret. I don't ever want to be the guy who's who figured he could have, should have, would have, but he did not because he was afraid. So I, I created this Steve Harris who was tough talking, you know, you know, trash talking in some cases, um, utterly ruthless. Um, and you know, you know, you know, my, 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 the, the brand that most people call me here is Mr. Ruthless Execution. Right, because it's it's all about getting it done, and it's all about getting it done ruthlessly. So if I have to kill you to achieve your goal, you will die with a smile on your face, but you'll get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before, or anything close to that. But I love this. It's like you created this this other individual that has these superpowers to help out so many people in the business world. And I'm writing down so many things to not live in regret. I love how you said, do it scared. And because that's what courage is, right? Courage is not, I'm fearless and I do whatever I want. Courage is I'm scared out of my mind and I'm going to do it anyways. That that is so cool. And I love how honest and real you are. And it's a perfect lead in because I had to ask you about your your nickname, Mr. Ruthless Execution. And do you want to dive a little deeper into um, why, maybe why you use that name and how it benefits people that you coach? Sure. Um, you know, it's interesting because um, a lot of coaches tend to prefer to question people till they come to their sense of awareness. You know, so you're either, you know, they, they pull your answers out of you by asking a lot of questions. And while that is a great strategy, I found that, you know, often being authentic to myself, um, I realized that I don't have the patience for that, Matt. I don't have the tolerance for that. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy like, listen, b- by the time we have six sessions, your problem should be solved. Don't come back. Just go, you know what I mean? So I kind of felt like a lot of people, again, wanted to be coddled and handheld and stewing in their own juices and complaining and just paying me to, you know, to just listen to their complaints. And I was like, no, I need you to get stuff done. So I, 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 you know, people would come and I'm like, listen, what I'm going to tell you, 
This is not a suggestion. This is an instruction. You don't get it done, don't come back. Don't come back, right? And so people started noticing that, you know, Steve is really, he's, you know, it's, it's not about the business model where it's, so to speak, you know, um, you're, you, you keep coming back to your coach until you get that sense of awareness. I'm like, I know what your sense of awareness is. This is it. Here, take your bill. Go. This is it. Go and just enjoy yourself. So for me, it was all about just helping people cut to the chase. You know what I mean? Just cut to the chase. Um, stop romanticizing your idea and get down and dirty into execution. And I found that there's a huge execution gap. Um, a lot of people are romanticizing the concept. So it's, you know, they're more excited about the transportation than the destination. You know what I mean? So they're excited. They're spinning the car. They're, you know, taking it for a spin, but they're not going anywhere. They're just looking in the car and rolling on their spinners, but they don't want to go anywhere. So I started just telling people, look, I became the guy and people started saying about me that, you know, Steve is ruthless. Because again, one of the things that I do is because I don't want to foster the behavior that people have where, you know, whether they get stuff done or not, they don't care. And perhaps a lot of coaches are like that. You know, some people are not wired that way. But for me, I, I find that I don't want you to have a session with me and then not have results. So I'm like, come on, you, you got to have results. So what I started doing was I started literally sanctioning people, right, for non-performance. So if we have a session, I will tell you, this is what's going to get done. If it doesn't get done, you're paying me $300. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, if it gets done, you keep your money. If it doesn't get done, you pay me this and I will not listen to you until it's done. So people started, you know, I started building this reputation that, you know, don't come to Steve unless you are ready to get stuff done because Steve helps people get stuff done. I'm not into the conversation. Conversation is great. I'm not your therapist. I'm not your, your shrink. If you want results, come to me. I'm the shortest distance between what you want to do and what you actually get done. So that's, that's the way I just framed it. I love how you frame that. And I'm also going to be careful as to what questions I ask you because <laughs> he may pop through the screen. I don't know. Everybody listening. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad he's all the way in Nigeria. <laughs> but you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, and I was going to ask you about this anyways, the coronavirus and everything going on, I'm assuming in your area, you know, it's you're struggling like we yeah. are as far as yeah. this coronavirus. Can people, somebody listening or watching this, can they, can they hire you from a distance because you've, you've pivoted and done more online or how yeah. have you coped, not, not coped with this, how have you changed your business model a little bit to help people even if you cannot be face to face with them? Well, you know, Matt, to be honest, um, you know, I've been, I've been online for the longest, man. Um, you know, Nigeria perhaps might be a lot behind in terms of trends and stuff like that. Um, but way back eight, nine years ago, I had already invested in webinar technology before it even, you know, got here. So I was always looking at what's happening in the US, what's happening abroad, how can I, how can I tap that and then start building it where I am. So, you know, so that's what I started doing. So um, a lot of my business has been online. I do a lot of my coaching online. I have online courses. I have seminars, webinars, teleseminars, the whole nine yards. Um, so yeah, absolutely. People can actually reach out to me irrespective of where they are. I have clients all over the world. You know, I just, for me, the only challenge, of course, is time zones and things like that. But beyond that, um, it's all about just helping people get results. And that's really what I'm passionate about. Um, I think a lot of people have greatness inside, but please forgive me. They, they, they're pussyfooting around the issue. 
You know what I mean? And they're, they're self-sabotaging and giving themselves reason why they don't think they deserve uh, success. I like to cut to the chase. You know what I mean? I tell people that I'm like, you know, I mean, Matt, you are a physical specimen. I've gone through your videos on Instagram. I mean, the push-ups you do, I cannot even try them in my dreams. So, but you, you, but the, the beautiful thing about it is the consistency and the discipline you've developed as an athlete is because you've learned how to push through resistance. The reason you have the physical abilities you have is you do a lot of resistance training, right? So the problem people have is at the first sign of resistance, they run without recognizing that resistance is actually what builds your capacity, right? You may pick up, you know, some 20 kilogram dumbbells to start with and you realize, oh, I don't have the capacity to lift them. Your trainer is going to tell you, listen, you don't have the capacity. It is small, minor, consistent movements that will help you build capacity. So unfortunately, people don't recognize that it's in those little movements. We try to take the big things. We try to, you know, bring down the giants, but we don't recognize that it's in the little things and those consistent reps, those consistent reps, you know, take you're skipping. Maybe it's you do five reps or you're doing this. And before you know, you, you, you're skipping for five minutes, you're doing it for 30 minutes and then you're skipping for an hour. Um, so for me, that's really what it's about. So people around the world, I absolutely can help them. I love that. That's such a good analogy. That's really impressive that you throw me into your analogy. And I just think that's, that says a lot about you. And uh, I think that's really, really cool. So I love that you're talking, and I was going to ask you about this anyways, um, talking about this resistance and pushing through. How do you help people who resist, who just think, how do you build this resistance muscle? And I think it's a great, the fitness example is a great example. Are there other ways people can try to get outside of their comfort zone? As you've said in one of your videos that I love, take massive action. And I think you said in the video, take, do five things this week that's out of your comfort yes. zone. Can you talk more about that? Because I think that's a big deal. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, like I said, a lot of people glamorize the transportation and are not focused on, on the destination. So still sticking with the, with the whole um, fitness analogy, right? Um, one of the things that you might decide to do, Matt, obviously, um, because you work out, is to say, you know what? Hey, I need to go to a gym, right? But beyond just going to the gym, you recognize that, you know, I can go to a gym for a while and then disappear, right? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pay to have a trainer. And that trainer is going to kick my butt to make sure I do not fail. Now, the cost of hiring that trainer might be significant, but because you recognize that the goal is way much more important than just your ideas, you will take that massive action, that step that will hurt you because resistance brings pain. You know, if there's no pain, you are not resisting. If there's no pain, you are not resisting. So it might be to, for example, hire a coach whose fees will pain you, it will hurt you, it will cut you to the quick, right? But that person becomes accountable for you and doesn't let you fail. You know what I mean? I mean, and here's the beautiful thing about coaching, and I know that you recognize this because you are in superb shape, and I feel like, you know, you have abs and I got flaps, but we got to work on that, man. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right? But you know... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but you know, the, the, the thing about it is your coach doesn't lift your weights, Matt. All your coach does is he designs your program and he doesn't let you quit. 
So many people think that their coach is going to do the heavy lifting. No, your coach is going to be accountable to make sure you go through his strategy, his framework, and he will not let you quit. And in fact, when you then try to say, you know, obviously, you know, this when you're, you know, when, you know, perhaps when you can't push anymore, he's like, that's when you need to start pushing. You don't count when it's easy. You don't count the reps when you're lifting weights when it's easy. You count when it starts hurting. So if it doesn't hurt, it's not counting. So what, what I believe is we've got to take that massive action, those big, bold moves that will hurt us, might hurt your pocket. It might hurt your ego. It might hurt your self-esteem, right? It might be being accountable to people or being vulnerable to say that I don't have it all, all together. I don't have all my ducks in a row. You know what I'm saying? So it, that's really what it's about, man. That's what it's about. I think that's such a true statement, and I appreciate you making that just it's so simple how you talk about it and we can all understand it and i agree it's you're talking about the lifting weights or working out it's like when i feel that discomfort that's when the workout starts and i think you've done this clearly in the business world you've trained yourself to be uncomfortable and now it's probably not that big of a deal because you're so used to being uncomfortable right absolutely i love that do you have any advice for individuals, Steve, who maybe they're just starting a business or maybe they're working at a job and they're thinking, I know this is not where I'm supposed to be. I'm thinking about starting a business. Do you have any advice, uh, simple advice that, that you could help them with? Um, sure. Um, you know, everyone's talking about being an entrepreneur, Matt. Everyone's talking about, you know, go do your thing, you know, chase your greatness. And that is valid. But I also recognize that your job is a deposit to your work. Your job is your down payment on your business. And I say that because if you are a crappy employee, you are not going to be a fantastic entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Um, There's something about many times working a job that obviously we don't glamorize because it's, it's almost like, oh, you know, the real hustlers are the ones who are entrepreneurs and the people who are working jobs are losers. That's not true because it does take a lot of discipline and effort to be able to build something with someone else, you know, um, and working a job exposes you to unconscious competencies like, you know, um, time management, delegation, leadership, teamwork, all these seeming intangibles. And, you know, I say to people over here because, you know, the buzz about entrepreneurship is real. Um, and I, I say to them, listen, man, um, when I go into boardrooms or have strategy sessions with organizations and, and the staff are there, I ask them very simple questions. I ask them, number one, um, can anyone tell me how much your organization made over the last financial year, maybe profit before tax? And many times, Matt, they don't have a clue. Then I ask them, wait a second, how much do you, how much is, what's your paycheck again? What's your salary? And everyone knows their salary to the last dollar and dime. And I say to them, how come you know what you earn, but you don't know what the company made? And they're like, well, yeah, we don't know. And I said, you don't know because you don't think it's your business. But I said to them, if it's your business, if you were the CEO, would you know? They'll be like, hell yeah, of course I know. So I'm like, at what point will you take responsibility? Because you don't become this CEO who's got it all together when you have your business. In fact, when you've got your business and your staff 
are not pulling their weight, you are going to freak out. Every time you got to pay salaries, you are going to freak out. Like, what the hell am I paying for? You know what I mean? So to be honest, I don't think the people who are working a job, for example, should be vilified as losers, as many, you know, many speakers or coaches um, tend to make them out to be. There is humility in working for someone and learning the ropes. But beyond that, um, for anyone who's thinking about, you know, starting a business, it's really about, you know, solving problems. If you solve small problems, you will make small money, right? If you solve big problems, you will make big money. You know what I mean? So that's really what it's about. So it's looking at your idea and asking the question, what problem does it solve? Is it urgent and important to the customer? Because, you know, Matt, I, I find that a lot of people are so emotionally connect, connected to their products or their service. It's like, a, you know how it is, it's like a baby. So a mom just, you know, I have this baby, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. But other people are like, wait a second, that baby is ugly, right? <laughs> but you can't tell no one that, you know what I mean? But to, your, to, the, to the mom, the mom's like, well, it's mommy, it's ugly, but it's all mine, right? But that's the thing. So a lot of us are holding really, really ugly babies that are not viable, <laughs> so to speak, right? And it really does take that humility and vulnerability to say to, say to someone, Take a look at this thing. How can I make it better? And that's what, where it's all about. There's so many gems in what you just said. I love that. And, and I think you make a great point, Steve, especially you being an entrepreneur able to tell others, hey, maybe you're best as a number three or four or five at this Absolutely. company. I love that. I think that's so real and, and true. I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you said that. Um, Okay, so I, I got a couple more things and then we'll go into the, to the final five here. You have a quote, I think it's on your website and I had to ask you about it because I love the quote. It doesn't have to be perfect, it just has to be done. And right. tell us what, what that means and dive a little deeper with us. Well, you know, for me, um, a lot of people have just caught up in procrastination, man. Um, they've got that analysis paralysis going on and I tell people, you don't need procrastination. You need procrastination. You know what I'm saying? Cut out the procrastination and put a C on it. You know what I'm saying? So instead of procrastination, put a line through the whole P all the way down and just put a C. So it becomes action. Cross out the procrastination and all you have left is action, right? So I tell people, you know, we're always stewing in our own juice and we're trying to get our ducks in a row and just trying to dot our I's and cross our T's and trying to make things perfect. And I find, Matt, that our quest for perfection, you know, a lot of people say, I just want it to be perfect. I just want it to be right. I want to get going at the right time. But our quest for perfection is really procrastination in disguise. And the reason people procrastinate, Matt, is because, let's be honest, they're afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid that it's not good enough. They're afraid that they're not going to be accepted. They're afraid it's not going to fly. And all the thoughts of, what could possibly go wrong just paralyzes them. And I say, listen, man, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. Let me give you a real example, Matt, for real though. I remember many, many years ago, I organized my very first webinar. Um, I used to get a lot of people asking me, you know, questions about their finances and how they could grow it and da, 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 da. So I figured, you know, I'm going to organize this webinar. And I put it out there on my social media. This is like 10 years ago. And I put it out on social and a lot of people were like, oh, we're in, you know, we're, we want to do it. And it was about, um, let me put it in, in, in dollars. So let's just say it was about, 
This is embarrassing. In terms of currency, right, the value um, in dollars would have been, let's say, $3, right? A $3 webinar. There's no such thing as a $3 webinar right now, but it was a $3 webinar, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was figuring that, well, for $3, I mean, this is, this is nothing, man. A lot of people can afford this. What the heck? Um, Matt, an hour to the webinar, man, not a single person had showed up. Not a single person had paid for the webinar. And personally, I had a lot riding on that webinar. My wife was pregnant, right? We had bills to pay. And there was a lot that was, I, I needed the financial help. They needed the intelligence. I needed their money. You know what I'm saying? Can we please exchange it, right? And about an hour into the, into the time, into the call, not a single person had paid. And I, I was so depressed. And I told my wife, you know what? If, babe, if one person signs up for this webinar, I'm going to do it. If one person pays, I'll do it. And I remember walking into my, one of my bedroom and, you know, cause I had this little contraption with a bit of lights just to make it a little presentable. And, um, about 15 minutes to the webinar, I get, um, an alert and it was exactly about $3. And I went to meet my wife and to say to her, babe, Hey, check it out. Someone has paid for the webinar. And then I looked at the text and I found out, Matt, that my wife had paid for my webinar. Wow. And my wife said to me, you said that if one person paid, you'd do it. She says, I'm your one person, so go do it. Matt, I, want, I, 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 still, I still get choked up every time I think about it, every time I talk about it. And I remember doing the webinar, and it was just for my wife. She was my only audience. I mean, a lot of people get depressed today when they go on Instagram and no one likes their posts or, they, or their comments or their, you know, story, right? Imagine going live on Instagram and the only other person is your spouse or worse still, your second phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going live on this webinar and I'm talking for an hour and my wife is in the comments. Oh, that's amazing. Deep. Preach. Uh. She's going on and on. And, you know, I did the webinar. It was an hour. I, re I, I recorded it. I turned my laptop off. And Matt, I was, I was bawling like a baby. I was crying. I was sad. I felt like a failure because I, I had a lot riding on this. And I failed, right? But, you know, the beautiful thing, remember that I said at the beginning, it's not what you don't have that limits you. It's what you have, but you don't know how to use. So once I dried my tears and, you know, put it all away, the next day, I went on social and I said, hey, you missed an amazing webinar. Yesterday was all, absolutely awesome. If you'd like to get the replay, you know, please reach out to me. And I think I sold the replay for, let's just say, let's say about, I don't know, let's say about $100 or something like that. Or, no, let's say about, no, let's say about um, $15 or so. Matt, 12 people bought the replay. Wow. Only my wife paid for the webinar but 12 people pay for the replay and that was able to tie us over. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. When it's done, it can be tweaked and revised and refreshed and re-strategized, but you got to give God something to work with, man. That's what it is. That's what it is. I, I got to tell you, Steve, I've heard a lot of stories interviewing people. That one, my hair is standing up. I got goosebumps. That's a, I mean, the other thing is, we're not even talking about this side of it, but clearly 
what a relationship you have with her that she wants to step up and support you no matter what. That's it. There's a lot of great takeaways there and not just on the business side. Yeah, she is amazing. She is my, my solar system and I revolve around her. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no choice. The gravitational pull is way too strong because if I don't, black hole, man, black hole. <laughs> You, and I'm also saying that because she's going to listen to this podcast. So shout out to you, baby. <laughs> that was a good move. That was a good move. You have these, you have these sayings and analogies that I, when I go back and watch this, I'm going to be writing down like 15 of these. I hope you all watching and listening are writing these down because these are some gems that Steve's coming out with. Uh, yeah, what a story. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's just, wow, that's a chilling, amazing story. Thank so, you. Steve, what what – what habits, what habits have made you successful up to this point? I've become sort of obsessed with habits and, and learning where everybody uses their time. Is there one or two habits you want to share that have helped you get to this point? Yeah. Um, I mean, first off, it's just getting stuff done, right? I'm not, I'm not one to think too much about it. I'd rather hit and miss then think about it and then miss. You know what I mean? So execution is always huge for me. Um, continuous improvement is always amazing. Um, I'm, oh, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for learning, uh, but I'm, I'm a bigger sucker for doing. So I have this mental thing in my head where I say, if I pay five grand for a course, I got to make 10 times it back. I got to make 10 times the value back. So if I buy a book, if I go for a course or a conference, in my head, I'm saying, what can I do with what I've learned that can turn, maybe not necessarily my life around, but can help other people. So um, continuous improvement is important, but I'm not one of those who is buying every course to see what the hacks are. It's just do stuff. Um, 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 I'm humble enough to say that I don't know it all. So I surround myself with people who, whose floors are higher than my ceiling. You know what I mean? Oh. I surround myself with people whose floors are higher than my ceilings. So yeah, so doing that just keeps me, keeps me pretty grounded. I'm, that's a great line too. You surround yourself with people that, whose floors are higher than your ceilings. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's such a great takeaway. And I also wanna say, Steve, I wanna acknowledge you because you have said my name at least 10 or 15 times during this conversation. I, I think that's a big deal that should not be overlooked that you continuously say the person's name that you're talking to, especially in the business world. I have a feeling small things like that really resonate with people. And I noticed it and I appreciate it. Hey, you're worth it, man. You're worth it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that too. All right, well, I'm going to do one more and then we'll get into the final five here. Actually, two more because I, I, I skipped over this. Because we talked before we started recording, you've lived in Nigeria, United States, the UK. And my right. question was going to be, what similarities and or differences have you seen with Nigeria in the business world or, or whatever area you want to speak about in the United States? Um, I think it's a passion to grow, the passion to do more. Um, Nigeria and the U.S. are very, very similar. You know, the city that I live in, in Nigeria is called Lagos. And Lagos is a lot like New York. It's got the hustle. It's got the buzz. It's got the, it's got the drive. It's got the angst. There's energy. You know what I mean? Um, despite the bad rap that most Nigerians have, which is not true because the average Nigerian is, is humble. The average Niger Nigerian is an entrepreneur. They just want to get by and help their families. 
You know what I mean? They want to serve. They want to laugh. You know, we're really happy people. We are. It's, it, we are so happy. It's sickening sometimes. It's ridiculous. Because then <laughs> instead of us to be serious, you know, sometimes we get, we laugh at the, about things that are really, really serious sometimes. So we kind of take it a little too far. But the average Nigerian is great. And I think the similarities is that um, we want to grow. You know, we want to add value. We want to take care of our families. Um, we're fiercely protective of our families, Matt. You know how it is. The average American I've seen loves their family they will do anything for their families and nigerians are like that too um i think um the similarities again is you know we've got that enterprising spirit we want to hustle we want to we want to do stuff you know what i mean we want to make things happen um so in the business world you know america and nigeria are very much in sync um we want to do well we want to build a great nation um i do think that we will get to the place where we have that patriotism that america has the average american is a patriot flying the flag stars and stripes the whole nine uh we 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 we're not there yet we're not there yet we've got we've got a bunch of people in leadership that probably just make you second guess yourself but we all we all want something better so we've got some similarities there man Oh, I love that. And that's so cool because you have the experience to speak about those similarities. And I appreciate you opening up about that. So that's, and we, I got the American flag is right outside of my there home office go. here. So I'm with you. <laughs> there you go. So what's, what is next for Steve? And I know we talked about online and your business, and I think I'm correct in saying you have a newer online course out. Is that correct? And do you want to speak about that for a minute? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm passionate about two things right now. Um, helping people just, I call it master the business of their talents. You know what I mean? A lot of people are gifted, they're talented, but they don't know how to bring the money out of it. You know what I mean? So a lot of people, even, even though they're gifted, don't know what gifts they carry. And so I'm really big on helping you discover what's inside of you, but then turn it into an economically viable uh, quantity by transactions. I'm also passionate about, you know, helping people monetize their message. So, I mean, you know, I'm in Nigeria and um, coaching, motivational speaking is becoming a big thing. Um, and I'm, I'm one of the pioneers in this field. We've been doing this for a while. Um, and a lot of people see us as outliers. You know, we're like glitches in the system. So they're like, hmm. I'm not sure it's going to work for me because these guys, these guys have these amazing stories and amazing testimonies. And so there are a lot of coaches and thought leaders who just don't know how to make money from what they do. And so I'm really passionate about, you know, just helping them and just showing them where the money is. So my two basic courses that I've been pushing for the last couple of years, mastering the business of your talent, monetize your message. And um, that's what I want to do, man. I love it. And is that, is it fair to say, that those courses could be for either somebody who's just starting oh, absolutely. or even if they've been in the business a while, it could still absolutely. help. Absolutely. Absolutely. You covered that. Absolutely spot on. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said that. And where can, where can people find these courses? Um, they're on my website. Link in the description. <laughs> That's right. I'll put it in there and I'll put this in there too. But do you want to say, I know your social media is just have a massive following. Where where are you most active on social media? Uh, I'm, I'm most active on Instagram, um, and my handle is I am Steve Harris. All right. Uh, same thing with Twitter. I am Steve Harris. Yeah. Perfect. 
I am Steve Harris and check it out because uh, on Instagram, just great messages on there. And I think across the board for those could hit home for a lot of different people. So even if you're not in the business world, he still has some great messages on there. So thanks for sharing that. And are you ready, Steve, for the final five? Um, I'd like to say no, but let's go. <laughs> I'm going to ask you anyway, Steve. I'm bringing them. <laughs> bring it, bring it. All let's right, here, here we go. How do you want to be remembered? Um, I, I'd like to be remembered as the guy who showed other people that they had no excuses. Oh, that's so good. I, I don't want to steal that one, but I kind of want to be Please, remembered like that. Go right ahead, bro. Go right ahead. Take it. Just flip the royalties <laughs> with me. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, Steve, it is insane how similar we think just in different areas. Absolutely. Of I got it. Absolutely. True. It's crazy. Okay. What are you most thankful for, Steve? My family, um, life. Um, we've lost a lot of people across the world to COVID. And, you know, the, the ability to breathe and live another day and hug your family a little bit closer is something to be grateful for. Um, and that I do not take for granted. So life, family, and the ability to do what I love and even get paid for it, to, to, to make a living, making a difference is amazing. That is, that is an amazing answer, too. You're going to get me choked up <laughs> trying to read this next question. No. I can see your eyes. <laughs> I know. You started. You got me twice now. The story about your wife and then that. You got me choked up over here. Uh, all right. Well, we'll change gears with question number three, and that is, if I ever meet Steve and he is on the dance floor at a wedding reception or a gathering, what is your go-to dance move? Uh, it's crazy. I, I mean, I, my wife says I can't dance to save my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and my dance, moves are, my dance moves are pretty beta. So, I mean, Matt, I, I, this is going to be embarrassing, um, but I'm a huge fan of the moonwalk. Michael Jackson's moonwalk is a classic. <laughs> so, can you moonwalk? I can moonwalk. Yes, I can. So that is pretty dated, but that's how far I, I can go. Oh. But, yeah, but, you know, Nigerians have amazing dance moves. Um, you know, if you if you watch Beyonce's new video, um, I can't remember um, Power. I think it was called Power or something. Um, a lot of her dance moves were inspired by Nigerian culture. So anything you see there, the average Nigerian can do that. But sadly, I am not the average Nigerian, and I can't dance to save my life. But I, I can do the whole move sitting on a chair and look cool. But my, my feet just don't go where my where my brain is at. <laughs> I love your brutal honesty as you've been the last 45 minutes. I got to look up that Beyonce video. And by the way, I'm not going to let you off the hook because anybody who can moonwalk is got to be a pretty damn good dancer. So I don't know if I agree with you. Well, thank you for your, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. We're almost done here. What's the biggest obstacle you have overcome? Myself. <laughs> That's a great answer. I, I'm my biggest obstacle. Constantly, I have to wake up every day to be better today than I was yesterday. Um, so I'm a, my biggest obstacle. So I wake up every day trying to beat me. I love it. I love that takeaway. And I, I'm the exact same way. That's my biggest obstacle. And I'm sure a lot of people listening or watching, that might be yours too. Okay, last one. Who is your hero? Oh, my hero, my hero. Um, um, first off, I, you know, first off, I got to put it out that Jesus Christ is everything for me. 
Um, then my family, my, my father, my mother. Um, yeah, those are my heroes. My wife is my hero. She doesn't know that she's my hero. Yeah. Well, she knows it now because she's going to watch oh, yeah. this podcast. And I tell her all the time, she just doesn't believe me. So maybe listening to this will definitely switch her. <laughs> I, I hope so. And I can tell just the way that you've talked about her in the stories. Clearly, she is an awesome individual without even knowing her. You can just feel it. So congrats to you on so much success and not, not only business, but family. And you're just doing so many great things in this world. I cannot thank you enough for coming on and spending some time with me, Steve. And thank you, Matt. You know, like I said to you before we started on the show, you know, getting to be on the show is just a huge honor and, and a privilege. Um, I don't know. I mean, perhaps other people you might have reached out to. Sometimes, you know how it is, people tend to judge who they have relationships with based on their followers. And so somebody can say, oh, does Matt have more followers than me? Oh, if he doesn't have more followers, then I'm not going to be on his show. But I think I just saw somebody who was willing to serve and put out value out there and inspire people through his workouts, through his family, through his faith. And I was like, you know what? I want to be a part of that. And I'm, I'm privileged for the, you know, the opportunity to share um, or to be shared with your audience. And I, I don't take it for granted. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate you saying that. You're just so real. And I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed we're recording this and also before we started recording this has been i hope we keep in touch for a long time make Absolutely. sure i am steve harris i am not steve harris but that's where you can find him on social media check him out he's Larry, but he's Master Larry. <laughs> <laughs> i i can't thank you enough my friend i'll talk to you soon let's keep in touch sure thanks bro Thanks for listening to another episode of Living the Dream with Matt Scaletti. I'm so grateful for you. Please share this podcast on your social media so others can benefit from this valuable content. Also, please subscribe to my podcast because if you aren't, I am watching you. <laughs> Check me out on social media and message me if you need me as your keynote speaker at Matt Scaletti on social media. I respond to all messages. Thanks, and I love you so much.